Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for uh, this divine appointment once again, Lord. And I just say a special prayer of blessing over all of the equipment, um, over all of us, uh, so that your will may, may be done here, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Viewer discretion is advised. Just because you fail doesn't make you a failure. Just because you make a mistake doesn't make you a mistake. Mandate. Welcome to Mandate, where we navigate fresh perspectives and nothing is off the table. Tonight's guest is from Tāmaki Makoto. He's actually from oh, several several places in Tāmaki Makoto, in the shore and Okilani, also West Okilani, but also of course Tokoroa, home as well. The man's also been in Melbourne, Australia, has lived there for several years. But the man has a, a very interesting story, an amazing story. Well, I guess you could say even like a, a testimony, an amazing testimony, a powerful story. The man is also the founder and the creator of TFS, previously known as the Fallon Show, but rebranded it and also renamed as the Fresh Start uh, as the Fresh Start podcast to the man once again is, is an amazing man amazing faithful man but also a man of God as well please put your hands together for the one and only David Obina much love much love kia ora, kia ora. thanks for having me on brother oh man so good to have you on once again brother <laughs> but it is, it is it's, it's inside joke inside joke <laughs> but it's, it's a pleasure David it's also a pleasure to have you and, uh, but also just to just to get to know you obviously we've been out at the back there and just kind of talking and having a bit of a corridor with you bro what an amazing story what an amazing journey obviously TFS is, is the podcast and I guess we, if we can run it run it there or we can start from there Tell us how, how it all panned out because you know even before then there were some some of the things that you've done previous that were, they were uh, you know quite uh, amazing but also in terms of TFS how did it all start in the podcast and how did it all pan out for you to say you know what this is what's going to be and also the rebranding as well yeah yeah hundred percent bro well first of all man uh, big thank you for having me on the show man really appreciate it um, love what you guys are doing with mandate bro um, big ups and big respect. Um, you know, I just wish more people were doing it, you know, here in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, definitely big love. Yeah, man, TFS podcast. So that's me. Uh, much love to the whole TFS gang family. Um, all of my supporters and all of that, you know, big love, big respect. Um, wouldn't be here without uh, you all. Um, yeah, man. So rebranded. Yeah. So I was known as TFS podcast now. Um, I started off as the Fallon show, so it's more widely known as the Fallon show, but you know, I just initialized it now, so it's just TFS now, so it can be the Fallon Show or the Fresh Start. But uh, yeah, it started off as the Fallon Show, bro. So how that came about was, um, well, because myself, I'm an ex-Fallon, so um, I was deported from Australia in uh, 2018. So um, before all of this, you know, before the podcast and stuff like that, um, Unfortunately, you know, I lived a life of crime and um, lived the gang life and things like this. Uh, like I said, so I'm uh, one of those 501s that was deported from Australia. So, um, I mean, we will go into it, but uh, yeah, basically after I came back here after a few years, um, probably 2020 when uh, COVID happened, that's when I pretty much started the show. And um, yeah, man, it just started off just me sharing my own testimony of the things that I had been through and, you know, all of that, the jail and all of that. And um, just trying to inspire people with my story and do all of that. And then, um, yeah, it just wasn't long before I started reaching out to boys that I knew and um, some other boys and started interviewing them for them to share their story. And yeah, it just went from there, bro. Just um, people were watching, um, people were interested. Um, when I first started sharing my story, there was a bit of interest because of um, 
my history and my gang associations in Australia, there was a bit of media interest in that. So when I started sharing my story, it wasn't long before I realised like I might be onto something here. And then, um, yeah, just through prison and stuff like that, I met a lot of people in there. And as you do, um, for a lot of people, you know, prison's just like a university of crims type thing, you know what I mean? So that was the reality of it for me. And, um, but yeah, through that, I met a whole bunch of people and then um, I ended up paying off when I started doing all of this, you know, so it was all for a divine purpose, I guess. I mean, uh, God had a plan through it all, so, but yeah, man, TFS, that's that's it, bro. Very awesome. Yeah, um, David, because some people kind of, like, kind of fall into it and they kind of, oh, by chance, oh, I just, you know, I just fell into something and I just kind of give it, gave it a go and then all of a sudden it just kind of branches out and just kind of grows but I feel like for in, in, in your instance, it feels like it's kind of quite a passion, like a vocation. Yeah. Kind of like a, obviously, you're, you're a man of faith as well. And so would you say it's kind of like a, like a calling, so to speak? Oh, yeah, 100%, man. Like, bro, the, to, to be honest, man, the, the show actually, um, well, I'm grateful to God, you know, that he gave me that position because I feel that he gave it to me. But, um, bro, the show itself, it, in a lot of ways, it saved me. You know, it, um, it helped me to rehabilitate um, just as I was doing the show and sharing my story and sharing other boys' story and that, um, I just found that as I was helping other people to heal, it helped me to heal as well. And it helped me to deal with a lot of the things, a lot of the mental struggles that I had from, you know, the street life and prison and all of that. So, um, bro, it's, it, it saved me in a lot of ways, you know, the show. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a passion of mine. Um, but I guess it's the the passion for me is the whole thing surrounding the podcast as well, you know, like mental health, um, helping brothers deal with depression, helping uh, brothers getting out of prison, you know, um, my 501 brothers as well, you know, the ones that are coming back from across the ditch, you know, helping them. So I guess like that whole thing is my passion, you know, just um, service, I guess. Just uh, to me, it's just, you know... Um, just serving from the front, you know what I mean? Not leading from the front, but um, for me, it's serving from the front and um, just trying to help, bro, you know what I mean? When I think of my mental health battles when I was in prison and depression and suicide ideation and all that, I mean, um, bro, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, you know? So, um, yeah, it's definitely a big passion of mine. Yeah, it's awesome, bro, because you mentioned um, mental wellness and mental health, because it can be, obviously, you, the interviews you had, and I've seen a lot of the interviews you, you've done with ex-gangsters and, and so forth, and so in terms of mental health, and you, you mentioned healing. I like the part you say that, obviously, for men who just come, you know, they're, they're just kind of like stoic and staunch men, eh, hey, David? They, they come, you know, they're hardened guys come and they share, and it's, it is, like you are saying, it kinda like, it's kind of like healing for them, but also, like I like what you said, it's kind of like healing for you. In terms of the of, in terms of the mental wellness and, and and so forth, because I can imagine just coming you know, coming out coming back from Australia back to New Zealand, I can imagine it wouldn't have been very easy for you to kind of integrate back into society and trying to uh, you know, trying to trying to you know, kind of land on your feet. Mm. So tell us how, how was it or how's it been for you since being back? Ah, uh, bro, like the reality is again, man. You know, like because for me, I'm a born again Christian, bro. So my faith is everything to me. But realistically, um, where I'm at um, in life now, like, it's not built, but it's gone through, it's, um, hold on, I got it. 
it's um where I'm at in life at the moment it's um there's a lot of pain you know what I mean it's it's built off a lot of pain um a lot of struggles that um I went through and um yeah so that's why I'm always just trying to help people and all of that because I understand the pain especially with the gang stuff and that bro like a big part of the show is showing why people join gangs why people are involved in all of that sort of stuff because a lot of mainstream society don't understand you know like why people even do that sort of stuff you know what I mean they just think they're lazy or they don't understand the traumas and um especially for our people bro you know what I mean especially for Polynesian people and that um we're really up against it in a lot of ways unfortunately um not that that's an excuse though but um yeah definitely um I definitely identify with um pain and um you know when I started Bro, when I look at some of these guys that I've interviewed and stuff like that, like, a lot of these guys, if it wasn't for the podcast, they would have never even shared their stories, you know what I mean? And these are, like, stories that have touched so many people now, you know what I mean? Like, I've had a few guests that have gone on to write books and just do all sorts of stuff off the back of the interview, you know, and it's just crazy to think, like, man, if the podcast wasn't there no one would have even heard this guy's story, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm always on board for more people doing it and, you know, just normalising it a bit because it's definitely a new age, man, with the whole social media and all of that. I mean, um, yeah, just even a couple of years ago, man, like before the, before the podcast, I hated social media. wasn't into it at all, you know? But, um, yeah, I guess when I decided to turn my life around, I just, it was a calling, bro, you know? And, um, yeah, yeah. When you do the same old things, you get the same old results, you know. So you got to try new things to get those new results. And it gets uncomfortable. Man, when I started the podcast, you know, I used to um, I used to have all sorts of thoughts running through my head, you know. Um, just like, I remember when I used to interview people and it's just like, it, it's like I had this like third person, you know, like I'd come out of my body and I'd be watching myself and I'd just be like, bro, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, look where you came from, man. Like, why, what are you doing and, and all of this sort of stuff? But you just got to push through all of that. You know, I, I mentioned it before about, um, you know, even when I first started the podcast, man, uh, a lot of people were iffy on it, you know what I mean, to say the least. Um, because, you know, in that world, in the criminal world, bro, in the prison world and that, it's real like this, you know what I mean? It's real hush-hush and... You know what I mean? You don't say much. And and to me, when I was in that life, I followed the code to a T. You know what I mean, bro? It was, you know, lip slipped, bro, all the time. Like, no comment. Like, that was me full on, you know? So for me to transition and um, look, on the show, it's like, it's not like we're talking about, you know, intricate we're not talking about any sort of intricate uh gang politics or anything like that bro it's just brothers sharing their story and um i think that's why it gets a lot of love even in the gang community and even in the hoods and stuff like that it gets a lot of love because it's just um it's just brothers speaking their truth their own truth and and what they've been through and um it's always from a place of love man i mean man i got nothing but love even though i've left that life behind I still got a lot of love for those guys, you know, and especially the guys in the margins and there's a lot here in New Zealand. So, yeah, my heart's definitely with with those guys in, in the struggle. I love it also. I love your heart. You can hear it. Um, how authentic you are around um, this kaupapa 
And man, I'm so grateful that we have someone like you leading the way in that space. And thank you so much for being here. Um, I guess I'm interested to know, and probably a lot of our audience probably interested to know, like, and it's probably well documented, but just the journey, like the timeline, like you growing up, what your household was like, yeah. what uh, made you turn to um, this other pathway, yeah, and then even to the journey coming back as a five hundred one, being yeah. labelled there. Well, man, so many questions around this, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, nah, oh, bro, like I'm originally from Tokoro, so so my dad's Maori, so um, he's from up north, from Ngapuhi, and uh, my mum's Cook Island. So my mum's from Rarotonga, from Ararangi. So um, I grew up single mother, um, originally from a small town called Tukoro near Hamilton. So um, growing up there, it was good, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of Cook Islanders there and that. So um, definitely know about my culture and stuff like that. Uh, I, sorry, I'll reverse that one. I'll reverse that one. So um, yeah, I knew a, there was a lot of brown faces in the town, a lot of Cook Islanders and stuff like that. But um, I guess growing up, Bro, I had a good upbringing, you know what I mean? I'm not one of those guys that uh, that grew up around violence, around alcohol, around... Um, uh, well, there was a little bit, but not full on, you know what I mean? Like violence and stuff like that. I didn't I didn't grow up like that, you know? I grew up um, single mother, um, religious, you know what I mean? Grew up in the church, man. Um, yeah, it is... I grew up in the church, eh, but I, I wasn't a Christian. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just a sort of um, go or you'll get a hiding yeah. type thing. You better get up for church! It's all our story. So like the typical, you know, yeah, yeah. Islander religious, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that, like that's how I grew up, man. But, you know, looking back now, growing up, um, I they only teach you about, you know, the, you, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that. And um, if you do all of those things perfect, then maybe God will love you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe you'll get a chance that maybe, you know what I mean? Um, that's how sort of how I got taught growing up, you know what I mean? I didn't get taught about that unconditional love. You know, God, I didn't get taught about that, the free gift of salvation and, and grace and that, um, you know, the, the debt's already been paid and, you know, Jesus paid the price for it and, um, you know, so that we're right with God. I, I didn't know about that stuff. I just knew the rules and the thou shall not and all of that. So that pushed me way in the other direction, you know. And um, like I said, though, bro, I had a very blessed upbringing. Um, doing what I do now, bro, um, doing what I do now, interviewing people and hearing people's stories has definitely flipped the script on my way of thinking and, um, you know, definitely realizing uh how blessed i was you know growing up and i'm um, just so grateful for my mum. and you know my mum growing up she really was my rock you know um growing up there was never a time where i was worried about my mum. you know what i mean about I, I was never worried about are we gonna be paying the bills this week you know what i mean like these are common stories that you hear though in that life you know but i was blessed enough that um, my mum was my rock she never drank never did drugs um, worked their butt off, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of the time she was working two jobs to support us. Um, 
I guess there's sort of a flip side to that as well, you know. So growing up, I was alone a lot, you know, and um, sort of just left it to my own devices and um, pretty much raised by the TV, bro, you know what I mean? I grew up watching all the gangster movies and all the violent stuff, you know, I loved it. And um, now looking back, I can see, though, how that shaped me, you know, and um, the music and all of that. And so, um, yeah, bro, like I said, blessed upbringing, but... Um, yeah, it obviously wasn't perfect, and um, but mum always did her best, and I, I never went without, bro. That's the reality, you know. I never went without, but um, I guess just as I got older, um, things just started changing. Family dynamics changing, you know. Don't want to go too far into it, yeah. bro. You know, oh, just just oh, because bro. you know, like um, I'm on good terms with yeah, my family, yeah, yeah. you know no, what I mean, bro. Good, and, and it's all everything's good, so I always just illustrate how blessed I actually yeah. was growing up. And um, but yeah, man, um, grew up with a single mother, so uh, she ended up meeting someone, and um, uh, he was a bit abusive and stuff like that. And um, so yeah, started sort of uh, moving around a lot um, as a teenager. Started moving to different places, getting kicked out of school, and then eventually um, I moved in with my old man, my real dad, and um, again. Yeah, so it's just hard, bro, because I don't want to go too, yeah. you cool, know what yeah. I mean? Because cool. it's all, it's yeah. sort of all yeah. water under the bridge yeah. type stuff, bro, you know. But, um, you know, um, love my dad, but um, he had a tough upbringing as well. Mm. You know, he grew up as a ward of the state. So, um, you know, he was pretty um, pretty stern, you know what I mean? To say the least, bro, pretty stern and um, pretty full-on, you know, pretty full-on dad. Um, I'm trying to trying to word that one um he was tough you know he was he was a hard man he was he was a hard man and um but you know nowadays you know like my dad's my best friend (laughs) you know nowadays you know we're we're real close nowadays but um yeah man so um started running away from home and just getting involved in stupid stuff bro you know what i mean breaking into houses and smoking weed you know what I mean? Doing all of that. My dad smoked, you know what I mean? So I was always, you know, always around smoking and stuff like that. So that was pretty normal. And, um, but yeah, uh, eventually, because um, I was doing those little stupid things, I got kicked out of home again. And then I didn't have anywhere to go. And my mum had already moved to Australia with her new partner. So I was 14 at this time. And uh, yeah, so didn't want to go to Australia. <laughs> Yeah, definitely didn't want to go there. You know, I loved New Zealand. But because, like, back in those days, man, we didn't know much about Australia. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, nowadays it's different. You know what I mean? Like, people know a lot about Australia now. But, like, my view of Australia back in those days was, like, full crocodile Dundee. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, so true. in the outback. Out you know what I mean? Like, man, I used to hear that I had cousins over there and that. And I used to be like, hey, like, cousins, like, Man, they must act like Pakeha in there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's what was that's what I thought, you know what I mean? But then yeah, then you go over there. I went to Melbourne and um it's actually real multicultural and stuff like that. So I mean where I was living, you barely see any white faces, you know what I mean? It's all like mixed, you know. So um it was definitely a big culture shock for me moving over there. To be honest, I didn't really like it at first, but then you get used to it, you know, you get used to the faster pace of life and um but bro, by the time I went there, I'd already sort of um, basically set my intention for life, 
you know what I mean? I sort of um, had set the intention that, unfortunately, I didn't really think I was going to amount to much. I had no belief in myself, bro. You know what I mean? No um, confidence, no self-esteem and all of that. Um, like I said, man, you know, my, hard, my, my dad was a bit of a hard man, so he um, sort of knocked my confidence a little bit um, as a younger man. So I guess I just started making up for it by doing bad stuff, you know what I mean? Hanging with the wrong crowd, um, committing crimes, thinking, like, that would make me a man type thing, bro. You know, that, like, that's why nowadays I realise the importance of a strong male role model in the house, you know, because that's unfortunately the source of a lot of problems in Aotearoa, you know what I mean? Um, not having that strong male role model. Um, got a lot of fathers in prison nowadays and just um, on drugs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I definitely see the importance of that nowadays. But yeah, went to Australia, um, got involved with the wrong crowd over there, started hanging out on the streets, started doing what you got to do to survive on the streets, uh, money-wise and stealing, uh, robbing, uh, just progresses, man. You start stealing cars, you start stealing bikes, bro, you know, and then you go on to stealing cars and then you're breaking into houses and then robberies and then armed robberies, rolling people. It's just the, It was just the stock standard progression for me. And, um, yeah, lived on the streets, on and off on the streets in Australia, um, starting to become known by the police and all of that sort of stuff. And, um, Eventually, I uh, landed in uh, Youth Justice, uh, so that's like YJGV. I uh, went there, I got sentenced to 12 months. Um, How old were you at this time? So I was 19 at that time. Yeah, I was 19 when I went there. And um went to a place called Malmesbury in Melbourne. Yeah, so that's in Melbourne. Um, got out from there. Um, it was just the same thing by that point, bro. You know what I mean? I was just lost confused um didn't know where I was going in life didn't really care either to be honest um just living for the for the moment so yeah did that did that bit of time and then got out um was out for like a couple months man went back for two years and then got out for another couple months man and um got sentenced to four and a half years uh, got sentenced to four years but um got a little bit extra in prison for doing crime like just assaults and stuff in prison so I ended up doing four and a half years and um, that was my last leg before I came back here to Aotearoa so I was halfway through that sentence that I got my deportation papers and because 2016 the whole thing started changing in Australia and um, that's when all the boys a lot of um, boys started getting deported um, during 2016 so um, yeah, I got my papers while I was inside and um, said I was getting deported and um, yeah, man, hopped on the plane, ended up uh, back here. Um, by the time I came back here, I was pretty broken, you know, I was a pretty broken man. I didn't look it, you know what I mean? I was looked like I was fresh out of prison and looked like I had things, uh, everything going on and looking good and all of that, but I was completely broken by the time I came back here. In, two, in 2019, sorry, at the start of 2019, I came back here. And so um had to deal with the struggles of, um, you know, trying to rebuild, you know, from scratch and uh, rebuild from nothing. Um, it was definitely a struggle for me to turn my life around, especially after coming back here, because all I knew were other criminals. You know, I didn't know 
I don't know, bro, I didn't even want to know anyone else, to be honest. You know what I mean? When I was in that world, the only people I even hung out with were crims, you know what I mean? I couldn't relate to, well, I, I couldn't feel that I could relate to someone who wasn't gang involved or crime involved or had been to prison. I would just think, well, what are, what are we going to talk about? Like that, that was, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? My, my thinking, so, um, yeah basically so it was definitely a struggle trying to find a new crowd and um it was definitely a long struggle um like even uh during my time in oh well i'll keep going so yeah like i said so it wasn't until COVID happened so when the lockdown happened um that's basically when everything changed for me that's when i sort of um long story short man it was just that time of isolation you know what mm. I mean? That time of introspection and um, really got to self-evaluate. And um, it was a super spiritual time for me. You know, it was like massively spiritual. Um, started having visions, if you want to call it that. But I always try and explain this part of my life to people, but words just like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't do it, man. But I just started having visions and hearing, not audibly hearing God's voice, but God was speaking to me and just all around me, you know, and I just started hearing his voice and um, that's when everything changed for me. Like that's when I got onto the path um, that I'm on now. So just to go past that, but so I started, well, let me say, so when, by the time COVID happened, I was on meth, um, I was on the drink, um, because when I came back here as a, you know, as a deportee, I struggled, bro, you know, because I didn't want to be here, you know what I mean? I'd been in Oz for almost half my life by that point, so um, I never thought I'd come back here, to be honest. Yeah, I never thought I'd come back to New Zealand, so went through a massive depression and um, self-medicating, you know, with drugs and all of that. I mean, when I first came back, I used to have the mad panic attacks, anxiety attacks. I mean... um. I was blessed enough that when I came back here, I got straight into work. So I got straight onto the truck and um, that was my saving grace during that time because then I could just work seven days a week and I wouldn't have to think, you know what I mean? So I just, I ended up burning myself out in the end because I was just overworking, but I needed it at that time. You know, I needed to be able to, I mean, man, when, you, when we used to have a day off, even if it was Sunday, I used to be spewing, bro. I used to be gutted, I used to be, oh no, now I'm going to be thinking, and now all the thoughts are going to start, so so I had no control over my emotions mentally, like now I have the tools where I can deal with those emotions, but back then I had absolutely no control, you know, as soon as I woke up, once those thoughts entered my head, I'd be to the fridge, bro, cracking a can, and just drinking, bro, from <laughs> for breakfast, bro, you know, so that was the struggle, you know, of, of coming back here. And um, that's why when I did have those revelations when uh, COVID happened and I had that time of introspection and um, I had that spiritual experience, it just it just all fell off at that time. You know what I mean? I gave up the meth, gave up the drink, started training again. Um, bro, like I said, man, I just saw the light. You know what I mean? Um, it was just it was just a crazy time, man. It just all fell off, all the addictions and all of that. Um, bro, I went vegan for like almost a year. 
Yeah, so I stopped eating meat during this time. I started eating meat again now, though. But um, God put it on my heart during that time to really start fasting. I mean, I think the longest I went was like two weeks without eating. Um, just, oh, bro, it was just a crazy time, man. It was just fully just sharpening and just um, refining myself. And now that I look back, obviously getting me prepared for what was to come. But um, yeah, it was a massive spiritual experience. Like I said, I started sharing my... Um, story a little bit on instagram and um because obviously a lot of people were suffering with mental health type stuff so i was just trying to do something inspirational and cool i guess and just started sharing little clips on instagram but like i was saying when i started sharing my story there was a bit of media interest in um in melbourne in australia because um during my time in prison um in australia me and um a whole bunch of guys that I knew from either youth justice or through um prison or through the streets and stuff like that we ended up forming a gang in there and um we formed a prison gang called GFAM and because of the things that we were doing in there um not nice things uh, violent stuff um it, the reputation started to build to the point where we started making the news on the outside so when I did come back here and I started sharing my story that's why there was a bit of interest in Melbourne because I had turned my life around and, you know, I wasn't doing that stuff anymore. So that's when I realised, oh, I'm actually might be on a good wicket here, you know, I might be able to do something with this. Not seeing the magnitude of what it would eventually become, but um, that's when that's when it just started, man. Yeah, and um, I started getting interviewed from people in Australia um, on podcasts and then it wasn't... I, I did, like, two, and then I realised... I can do that, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I can do what they're doing. Could probably even do it better, maybe. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, for sure, bro. <laughs> yeah. So that's and then um, I started interviewing people, and um, like I said, bro, it was hard case. Um, it was definitely um, it was all a learning experience for me, because like I said, bro, like coming from the criminal life of keeping your mouth shut, you know what I mean. You don't talk about anything, and um you know, to sort of break that mould and, um, you know, because I feel like in a lot of ways here in New Zealand, I sort of, um, glory to God though, but sort of led the way where people can start coming and like gang members and even ex-gang members and just normalised it a little bit more um, because like I said, you know, it's just us speaking our truth and just each individual sharing their truth of um, of what they've, got, what they've gone through in life and um, yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so cool. But, and you know, because we're only getting like um, snapshots, you know, yeah. of it. And yeah. but I can totally like, um, like follow. Only because, um, man, I've worked with youth offenders for a few years, and so when you're talking about your upbringing, like what used to always get me was like, I could like empathize. Uh, understand like some of um these youngins that led um followed that path because of the broken homes and some of the realities our young people have to go through it's sad and you know you got outside people making all these judgments and commenting and but wouldn't even survive one day in those kids shoes and then you got the others that would like um similar to your story like um good home but 
because our people have to like survive like our parents had to work multiple jobs um our young ones are left to their own devices you know and so when they're other influenced by the tv or their surroundings or just wanting to hang out with the others on the streets who are similar stories they're bored (laughs) and so i used to you know i used to always listen to them just try to advocate for them but um having you on bro and hearing your story and you doing what you're doing now like gives hope for um our community and especially for those who are working with our young ones in the system because what's sad to me is that your 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 change and your um turning point had nothing to do with the system probably the only saving grace was that they sent you back that there was a law but nothing was set up to really support you yeah. and like if if there was no divine intervention how do you explain that to like uh when you go into professional spaces again mm. you need god but you can't yeah. you know? oh, brother the, the thing is <laughs> like as you guys know man like that's why I, like i really like you guys man because you guys are actually doing the mahi behind all of this as well you know what i mean like you guys are working with the youth and you know what i mean suicide prevention and all of that that's why i love it you know what i mean because it's not just here you know what i mean like we go and actually try our best out in the community you know what i mean so that's why i definitely um definitely love what you guys are doing um I forgot what i was gonna say after that now <laughs> yeah we're <laughs> yeah, talking about like the system like oh yeah bro yeah so Brother, the more you look into the system, especially for me, man, having been on both sides, you yeah. know what I mean? So I've been on the other side and the, the prison side of it and on the yard, but then I've also now been in a position where now I can sit down with judges and meeting like all of these um, uh, people on that side, you know what I mean? So, but the reality is when you look at the system, it's really systemic, you know, it's really in a lot of ways, unfortunately, uh, designed to fail. That's what a lot of people perceive anyway, you know what I mean? In a lot of ways, I've seen a lot of people that have entered the youth work and all of that, and um, uh, I know that a lot of people um, end up leaving, you know, because they're just so, they feel like they're just so up against it, and they just feel like they're just so, it's just such a broken system, you know? So that's why big uh, love to all of the people that are persevering and, and, you know, even though it is a broken system, still trying to do our best in it, you know? One of the brothers, and I hate using the term 501 because we, you know, we're labeling them. And it's like, well, we're trying to start a new thing now returning citizens. Returning oh. citizens. <laughs> uh, so, one of the brothers that um, was trying to support is a returning citizen. Um, it's sad because he, he wants to change. He wants to change. Um, doesn't help that he's all tatted up, but when I see him, I just see past it, you know. Um, but he wants to change, doesn't want to be here. Um, but even if he, you know, he just needs his foot in the door, but not because of his criminal history, um, how he looks, no one's going to give him a chance. And 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 you shared about like some of the stuff, the mental health stuff that you're going through. This guy isolated, um I go, man, I'll take you to this group. Like, um, there's this young men's group. Um, you know, we can talk and you just can just sit there. And then he didn't respond to my call. And then I find out later that 
he was going through, so, you know, he was getting real anxious because, you know, he's been on his own for so long. Now he's out in the open, like, he doesn't want to be around people and he gets anxiety around that. So, bro, like, just, uh, it's sad, it's sad. Oh, bro, like, even just you saying that, man, like, I just fully resonate, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, bro, getting out of jail is hard enough, yeah. you know, without I'm um, actually getting sent to a completely different country. Because when you're in that situation of, you know, being deported, it almost zaps the the excitement of getting out of jail. You know, when you get out of jail, it's like, well, you know, the previous times I was released from prison, it's always like the, this exciting time, you know. But um, like when you're being deported, it's just like this dreading feeling, you know. That's why you got so many guys in, sitting in the detention centres at the moment trying to fight their case, you know. It's just, it's real sad. But like, like um, with the whole deportation thing as it stands, like we just held a 501 Wananga or returning citizens uh, Wananga in Wellington on October. So we had a whole bunch of brothers, man, that um, all came together and we all uh, shared our testimonies of what we had gone through um, from being deported and all of that. And, um, man, the brothers are really up against it, you know, coming back here. I was blessed enough that I had my dad here, you know. I mean, blessed my dad that he was there. Don't get me wrong, you know, my dad didn't have much. You know, when I when I came back here, um, my dad was flatting. You know, we had to share a room. I crashed on the floor. I mean, bro, when you're getting out of prison, especially remembering all the support networks I had in, back in uh, Australia, you know, and to come back here and to have to sleep on the floor and to have to go through all of that, I mean, I shed a few tears to say the least, you know, uh, coming back here, but... I was so blessed just to have that, you know, because there's a lot of brothers that are coming back here that don't have nothing, no support. I mean, the reality is if you're coming back here with no support, you're going to get chucked in emergency housing, which is <laughs> a sad state of affairs in this country at the moment. You know, you get chucked in a hotel, domestic violence, you know, there's drugs everywhere. Um, imagine a brother that's coming back here wanting to turn his life around and get a job. Mm. How? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you'll barely be able to sleep at night with all of the noise, you know? Like, these were the stories that were coming up yeah. um, in the Wananga we held. So um, we just realised the importance. Like, we've been doing a lot, though, you know, behind the scenes. Sure. We're, we've been making a lot of moves to try and uh, make it a bit better for people who are coming back. We went to Switzerland at the end of last year. Um, ended up um, having the privilege to go and um, speak at the UN over in Geneva. So that was, man, that was dope. You know what I mean? Like going from prison and all of that sort of stuff to like going to Switzerland and going to check out Geneva and be able to get in the UN. And um, bro, it was um, it was an awesome experience. It was cool for my mum to see that as well. You know, it was cool. Such a blessing to be able to, um, you know, to do all of this and to... Um, show my mum and you know what I mean that I've turned my life around like that's why I love it you know like because um, I know a lot of brothers um, who lose their mums in prison and all of that and um, their parents uh, never got to see them uh, try and make that change you know so I'm so blessed that my mum got to see that and um, to see me turn my life around and because um, my mum deserved it you know like like I said man I had a blessed upbringing and um, put my mum through so much crap man you know like Oh, you know, police coming around the house and all of that stuff, making my mum look bad. And, you know, my mum's religious as well, you know, so she's having to lie about me and where I am. And, 
you know, I, I was an embarrassment, bro. You know, I, I, sadly, you know, I was, I was embarrassing for her, you know. So for, for me to, she loved me though, don't get me mm. wrong. But there was that aspect, you know, like no mum wants their son to be known as the local hood rat, you know, on the streets <laughs> and stuff. And no, no mum wants that, you know. And so, um, uh, yeah, it's just a blessing for me be, to be able to do that. But yes, I ended up um, going to the UN. So that was a cool experience. Oh, I was going somewhere with that, but I forget where I was going to end that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there, there was a story about um, you going to the UN. Um, can you tell us a little bit that, about that? Like, what were you fighting for? Oh, so we went over there to um, basically, it wasn't about the visa cancellations itself. It was about the human rights violations inside of the, the detention centres. So um, it's pretty rough, you know, in those detention centres at the moment. There's a lot of rioting that goes on and all of that. So we went to the bat for the boys, um, especially Christmas Island. So there's a, they got a like an island over outside Australia where they take all the deportees and all of that. And um, it's nicknamed Hell Island, so that says a lot. Mm. But um, they actually shut that down now. So they're, they're not actually taking deportees there anymore. I know refugees are being kept there, but last I heard they're not... Um, and they're not sending deportees in, uh, there anymore. So whether or not that's because we went to the UN and that, we'll never know. But um, I mean, as long as you know, the, as long as it all gets done, I mean, that's the main thing. Sorry, also I think I'm talking heaps, but um, <laughs> all good. But there's um, you know, if people on the outside looking in, like I'll just our normal citizens. I always refer those to the the herald section where people are like got so much to say and they're so confident about it but they, these people are always like um oh that's what they they deserve that do the time do the crime like why should we be helping them? why should we be using our, our taxpayers money to like go over and beyond for these you know for these people but uh, the reality is and you know when i'm uh I'll, everyone's human yeah, no, of course, <laughs> you know, sure, and yeah. then like I was listening to your last or one of your interviews, interviewing the ex president of the rebels, um, an Aussie, and even though his story like it was like a forced, he was sort of forced out because at the end it wasn't like a divine intervention, but it was like when you listen to him, he's human. Like mm. some of the stuff he went through. Um, no one should be going through it regardless and um even our patch members like they're human and they feel it and so like what are some of the stuff that you feel that people need to understand and also uh it's probably a long question but what's one thing that people need to understand and also like what are some changes that need to happen in our system bro the the massive thing and in essence that's what TFS podcast is all about it's just educating educating people you know what I mean about the whys you know what I mean why are people doing this because a lot of people don't know why mm. a lot of people don't know that back in the 60s and the 70s like um kids were getting a lot of kids were being taken off their parents and stuff like that getting put into state uh, state care um where they went through a whole bunch of horrific stuff, bro. Electroshock therapy, sexual abuse. A lot of these um, boys' homes 
um, where they were taking these kids were run by pedophiles. You know, I mean, that's the sort of stuff that's coming out because uh, there's a royal commission currently in uh, a royal commission into abuse and state care going on right now. So there's all these horror stories of what all of these OG, double OG gang members have gone through um, at the hands of the state. Uh, I don't really want to point the finger at the government, you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, but, yeah. you know, like, yeah. So just all of these um, things that people have gone through, um, in state care and stuff like that, bro. It was pretty horrific. So, but I mean, a lot of people didn't even know about any of that. They didn't know that these kids were going through electroshock therapy and the sexual abuse. They didn't know nothing about that. So, a huge part of it is um, education because a lot of society is misinformed at the moment. Mm. You know, like, bro, even in regards to the taxpayer's dollar, I mean, it's costing, what is it, 180 grand a prisoner? It costs 180 grand a year to house a prisoner. So when you want to talk about taxpayers' dollars, you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure that uh, that 180 grand um, to house that prisoner could go into a lot better. Um, yeah, it, could, it could go into the prevention, yeah. you know, and it could go into the rehabilitation. Um, but see, a lot of people don't see it like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, bro, how many or five prisoners? You know, or yeah, about five prisoners, six prisoners, that's about a million dollars just for that. Imagine that million dollars going into an organisation that'll actually help these Tane and help these men and help the Wahine and that, you know, like, bro, that, that money could be used massively. But this is what I mean. It's just all about educating people and telling people how the system works and where the taxpayer dollar goes and how much it actually costs to run these prisons and... And then it gets even deeper than that, bro. The private security firms that run the prisons and all of that because they get a lot of money because mm. the 180 grand that goes to the private security firms that run the prisons like Serco and all of that. And um, that's where the money goes. But the reality is how much of that 180 grand actually goes towards the prisoner, bro, who knows? You know, because um, when you've got private security firms, there's a board you know what I mean? And so it's really a profit sort of thing, yeah. you know? Bro, man, that's that's interesting. Because you you, you mentioned it. You mentioned the, the state uh, state care. You mentioned also the, the system and the, how broken it is. And I love what you said. You said prevention. Imagine that, that amount of money, that sum of money, kind of going to prevention or awareness. And, and so you wouldn't have these, or most likely you wouldn't have these guys who, we're going through this, all this trauma, all this hardship, and all the things they've seen, and obviously the state care. You, you mentioned pedophilia and getting sexual abuse, beaten up. You, you can imagine all that money put in something. There's positive organisations who actually can do something to prevent these young men going into prison or or getting into a life of crime, whatever it is. But the money is not going to something that's that's kind of actually helping these individuals. In fact, it's just um, it's just a cycle, hey, um, David. It's a cycle, a cycle of brokenness, a cycle of of of, of hardship, but also a cycle of, of of young men who go inside and they come out even worse. That's uh, that's when it comes down to it all being systemic, you know, and um, that's why a lot of people feel that it is designed to fail, you know, whether it is or not, or whether that's just the best that way that they can do it. Who knows? But um, yeah, it's just from a lot of people that see it. It's just, it just seems like it's designed to fail, you know, but um, 
look, man, in saying all of that, you know, um, it is pretty tough here in New Zealand. You know, the price of living is the price of living is rising, and um, you know, all these ram raids and all of these kids running around with um, just lost as you know, all these kids running around lost as. Um, I was going somewhere with that. Oh, all these kids running around lost as like there are a lot of good organizations though mm. as well you know here in New Zealand that are really um stepping up um fighting the battle um to be honest man I'm seeing a lot of people come in out of prison man you know what I mean um realizing that you know like this this isn't it you know what I mean like um fighting each other just isn't it you know it's just um I'm just finding as the struggle gets more and more and the price of living gets more and more, you just see people coming together more, you know, and realizing that, um, man, we got to help each other out, you know, and, um, yeah. Yeah, spot on, bro. That's spot on. And, and, for, and for yourself, obviously this, you shared your story. That's, a, that's an incredible story. And I think a lot of people can relate to, a lot of men can relate to this, your story in terms of, like Charles was saying, a lot of the guys who go inside of hardship, trauma, or, or, or you hear these atrocious stories that have, that have happened to, them, to these uh, individuals, but your story was, and some people could, could relate to your story, but in terms of your story, in terms of the hardships you, you've kind of gone through in coming out of uh, the whole deal, your spiritual uh, awareness or spiritual awakening, so to speak, where to now? Where to now with TFS? Because you've done ex-gangsters, but I, I, I see uh, the progression or the progression around a crime story because you, you are you're shedding some light on some real serious issues that people don't even know even underground people don't even know and so where to from from here for, for tfs man that's a hard one man because like for me at this point it's bigger than that you know what i mean like it's a lot bigger than tfs like like i said you know tfs the podcast saved me in a lot of ways but in a ways, um, as I see it, it's really a vehicle, you know what I mean? It's been a vehicle for me that's just been able to open up a lot of other doors where I can go and do stuff there, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, um, yeah, the, the, the podcast I definitely just see as um, it's just a vehicle, you know what I mean, to, um, for a greater uh, end, you know? So, um, um, but, yeah, I mean... Just to be honest, man, like with the podcast, I feel like um, oh, I won't say that, I won't say that. Um, but yeah, no, like in regards to the podcast as a whole, um, yeah, at this point, I just I see it as something a lot bigger, you know, and um, that's why I'm more for like networking and connecting mm. up boys and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm huge on that, you know, um, because man, <laughs> it's not what you know, it's who you know. You know, like in 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 this life, you know. So um, that's why I'm definitely big on just networking, and um, because that's really what it's been able to do for me. You know, it's been able to network me with a whole bunch of people, and to be able to do things outside of that. You know, because I'm um, like I said, man, I was never a social media guy. You know, <laughs> like it's crazy, man. Like, cause people they think because I'm like. Because um, I do the podcast and I'm on social media, they think like I'm like this outgoing, you know, they think I'm like an outgoing dude, you know, like when they see me, they're like, hey, you know, like thinking I'm like the life of the party and stuff. But to be honest, well, I'm like pretty reserved in real life, you know, like my quiet time and um, I'm, I'm an introvert, bro, to be honest. Um, pretty quiet dude but i was always like that even in prison and stuff like that it's only when we have to do the bad stuff then we go do that if uh, other than that i'm just kicking back and you know what i mean so um yeah yeah that's me also you've you know you've met so many people um on the streets inside and 
with um even through the podcast like are there any common um common issues that a lot of um these men go through that lead them to um a life of crime Man, like I was saying before, man, like um, absent fathers is definitely a big one. Or if not absent, um, not the best male role model. Um, like I said, man, you know, looking back on my own life, I really see now like how actually important that is, you know, to have that strong male role model to actually teach you how to be a man because I never really got taught to how to be a man, you know. So um, I ended up identifying being a man with being bad you know because sometimes you can get caught up in the stereotypes as well you know what i mean growing up as um you know maori islander it's like um you know maori people go to jail you know what i mean like maori people commit crimes you know um they do bad stuff you know they get into fights and they drink and you know what i mean man like this is the sort of stuff especially as a young fella you know so you start finding your identity in those things you know and um being that stereotypical, um, you know, that's that's what it was for me, you know. I thought that that's what we had to do as that's what our people do, mm. you know. And, um, I mean, bro they've, bro, they've done, like, these studies where, you know, they say that, like, Māori people are more inclined to commit crime because they're Māori. You know, they're just born that way. Like, these are some of the studies, bro, you know what I mean, that, and, like, for kids right, to hear yeah. that sort of stuff, bro, like that's no good yeah. because you're speaking those words over yeah. them because words have a lot of power, oh. you know. So that's why I'm always careful nowadays, you know, about what I say and always just trying to encourage people. And because they say that um, sticks and stones may break your, your bones, bones, but words can never hurt you. Yeah. So but I'm telling you, bro, lie. that's the that's <laughs> yeah, biggest yeah, that's lie, lie, man. Words hurt, man. Far out. Words can um, feel like a knife sometimes, you know. So, um, so we've got to watch how we talk to each other and, you know. Yeah, yeah. speaking life to each other. Eh? Yeah. That's yeah. good also. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. That's awesome. It is, it seems like a, uh, yeah, it is, when you talk about the fathers that, or absent fathers, and we hear it all the time now, people saying, oh, absent fathers, that's probably why so-and-so kind of kind of went that route or kind of ended up being in, in that journey in his direction and so, because there's no, no fathers. But but and since you coming out now and 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 doing the work that you do now in the podcast, what's your what's your take on our young tane, but even our, our men in general in in, in Aotearoa right now? What's what's the climate? Do you see, you see some some common threads um, there, or do you feel like this? There's a, Bro, a it almost it almost in a sense has no rhyme or reason, man. Because like, bro, I've I've seen like um I've dealt with um youth on the shore, you know what I mean? Um, really privileged upbringing, got it all. Um, bro, out on the streets running amok. You know, I've seen some of these teenagers, they got everything. And some of them were doing worse stuff than I was at that age, you know? And it's like, you look at everything they have, the nice double-story house and all of this, and um, that's still not enough. You know what I mean? That's still not enough to, because um, really it comes back to the absentee father thing. You know what I mean? There are even those kids in those rich areas whose dads yeah. aren't around. You know what I mean? And um, they just as lost, you know? So, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's really just, an, it's just, it's hard to find a neighbourhood nowadays where it's sort of 
the drugs hasn't touched and because well, drugs is a huge one bro like new zealand's flooded with drugs at the moment bro like meth is like cheap man you know what i mean like dirt cheap to what it used to be so that's why you just got all of these people running around cooked um with guns you know what i mean like that's just a recipe for disaster you know and yeah and you know if 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 we got a uh, pr- problem with um absent fathers and then we we, <laughs> we even got um you know what we're watching and what everyone's telling us uh, what a man should be like well even that skewed and so <laughs> and so like if we are not like um role modeling what a man should be and if we're confused about how a man should be man we're gonna, gonna have a society that's um full of young people that are lost and confused, confused worse than yeah. how we were coming up and and so well we were talking about this last time as well we touched on that um i, I touched on that part how um yeah, just in society at the moment, there really seems to be a bit of an attack, you know what I mean, yeah. on on the masculine man. And it feels like um, in a lot of ways, the women are being, um, what do you call it, masculinized? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the women are getting more masculine and the men are getting more feminine. Well, that's what we're being shown anyway, it feels like. So um, like you said, man, it just creates a lot of confusion. Um uh, yeah, man, the, the kids are being taught a whole bunch of stuff nowadays. Um, yeah, and, and for you, like going through this transformation, because you know, obviously, you've had um, um, men in your life that role modeled a certain way, and you know, for our our, our dads, like they went, they only they only um, do what they were taught, and you imagine the trauma that they went through, and. And some of the outlets they had, they probably didn't have anything. They just had to deal with it. Going through that, having that as your model, and then now going through this transformation, like what is your idea of a, what a man should be? Or um, who do you hope to be once you have your kids, like in terms of a man? Oh, bro, like for me, it's definitely based on my faith. You know mm. what I mean? The, the Christian faith that's... Um, that definitely models it for me. I mean, I can only really speak on myself and what I feel like a man should be in the way that I want to emulate is, for me, it's just a life of service, man. You know what I mean? Just really serving and um, really helping helping out. Yeah, just, just yeah, for me, a man is um, definitely someone that leads from the front but also serves from the front. You know, and um, yeah, that's a tough one. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's all good, and because you know, like um, some of the virtues we have, like, like I, I only met you now, and I don't know what I can only imagine what it used to be, especially if you're like introverted and how you probably like, <laughs> were you, and you know the codes you have to follow, like they talk to me, don't trust anyone, like um. I'm guessing, like when I met you just from the outside looking, you know, man, humble. Um, there's this authenticity about you. Um, you gotta, because you know, love, you know, you, the way you express it would be way different. Because, you know, a life of services mean 
you're wanting to help someone because you love them mm. showing like showing them the love that that's been shown to you and and i don't think yeah we're living in a society now that you know that's missing that uh, we just want to protect we and protect at all costs but um to the point where uh, 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 we you can almost cross that line of like um you gotta live the certain way so our kids don't struggle and so a lot of you know i know we have a lot of guys out there that choose a certain path and and stay in it because they don't want their they want their you know their the intentions is that they have this good life but um there's a consequence to if they ever get you know caught or um or cross that line where they have to do something that that breaks the law you know what i mean and so mm-hmm. um i i love your story because you know we don't it's even hard to be a christian now yeah, yeah how many um stations podcasts would openly talk about god and it's like people would cringe even like listeners would like oh don't talk about religion to me don't talk about god and and but what is it about because you know when you're at rock bottom you're gonna turn to some sort of source what is it about the christian faith for you that made you like feel like this is man this is god this is you know the christian value i don't know bro like for me it was um like like i said man so during the COVID period like uh, the initial lockdown that 2020 that's when i started having that spiritual um awakening but it wasn't um to the bible you know what i mean it was just I just started having that spiritual awakening and then I started searching, you know what I mean? I, I, man, I searched a lot of different places, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Um, oh, bro, I got into all the new age stuff, uh, got into yoga. Like I said, bro, I went vegan for a year. So that's the, yeah. I, I got on the hippie buzz, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, because the thing is, that man, like- That would have been a cool one, dude. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, no well, because that was sort of, um, that was sort of my first- um sort of group of people that i started hanging out with outside of the criminal world you know what i mean that was sort of um i started um you know meeting all of these um those sorts of people with the i call them hippies you know what i mean like those sorts of people and um started getting into all of that stuff and started um researching all of the you know the other religions and and things like this but for me it was like as far as the world's concerned I feel like the attack really is on the Bible at the moment. You know what I mean? I feel like they're really attacking the Bible, attacking the Bible. Like you can go out and speak about anything. You can speak about any religion. No one's really going to say anything. But as soon as you mention Jesus, whoa, 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 everyone starts backing up. You know what I mean? Now we're getting too religious. You know what I mean? Just for, just for even mentioning that name. So because of that, that's what made me think, hey, there's something more here. You know what I mean? There's something more to this. You know, if all of these people don't want us reading the Bible and attacking, 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 there must be some truth to all of this. And um, like I said, man, it was um, it was a long journey. Um, even when I was, I mean, bro, I got full on into the New Age stuff, bro. I got into all of the tarot cards, um, got into all of that, um, trying to channel dead entities and all of that. Um, got... I've fully repented of all of this nowadays, you know what I mean? So I broke off all of those curses. But 
during that time, um, man, I had one encounter where I thought I was talking to my nan, you know? And um, to be honest, in that moment, my heart was telling me that was my nan. But the thing is, now I look back and from how I view it now, that wasn't my nan, you know what I mean? That was some sort of demonic entity. I don't know what that was, but you know what I mean? So um, it was just it's just that journey through um, discovery and just learning, learning, and um, yeah, just eventually led me to the Bible, man. All roads lead to the cross, man, one way or the other. You know, I mean, you got the Buddhists, they say that Jesus was some sort of a teacher. Um, Muslims acknowledge Jesus as well in their way. Um, you know, there's always the Krishna's Christ, you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool, because I think about, like, people um, that try to, um, that are searching for something. And, you know, as Christians, we always, there's different type of Christians. <laughs> so, and when we go to the word, um, try and look for answers. But I feel like um, there was someone that talked about, imagine if you were just um, trapped on an island and all you had was the Bible. And you're searching for, you know, and you're trying to find the truth, just you and the Bible, without any um, influence of preachers or mentors because you know it's easy to go turn to people like, you tell me about this and God these questions but imagine it was just you on the island just with the Bible mm. how yeah. how different your um, our faith would be but that's a whole different podcast <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry guys if already you've listened to like 15 minutes of like uh, <laughs> having a little Bible study <laughs> hey, man, it's good, man. It's yeah, good. My, my bad I always start preaching my nah, bad. Hey, 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 no 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 all that's good, all good. It was all, all good. Because I might help uh, Pete with um, his tarot cards. That he's been <laughs> nah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm actually a hippie. Because I'm. No, no. <laughs> no, but, you know, I'm mad love to the hippies. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. mate. Jesus love to the brothers. <laughs> but you know what's so cool? It's so refreshing as well, yeah. uh, David. Because you mentioned you, you went searching. And obviously, you, you, you had your own spiritual experience, your spiritual awakening. But how many of us, how many people, when they kind of come to, to God or to Jesus or whatever that they may seem to be, that this is my my connection, my spiritual connection, how many people actually search or do they research? You know, I think I think this that's really quite refreshing because you said, hey, had this thing, had this spiritual awakening, and I'm gonna go search. I'm gonna try these things. Mm, yeah, try well, and find and find out if this is if this is the real deal. And obviously, Christianity is, is for you. It's like this is this is where I found God. This is the truth. And I love it because the Bible does say in in First Thessalonians, yeah, test all things, test all things, bro. And I love it because sometimes, how many of us can really can say to themselves, I've tested this and that without prejudging, you know? But you've yeah. been there and you've you've seen it and you've done it. Yeah, I mean, everybody's walks different, eh? I mean, God meets us where we're at. So, I mean, um, yeah, everyone sort of has their own um, experiences and journeys. Um, but, yeah, that was mine. I mean, um, but don't get me wrong, man. Uh, the Christian walk, you know, hasn't, the, this walk hasn't been easy, man. You know, yeah. um, like I said, bro, I grew up in the church, but I wasn't no Christian, you know, because... Um, you know, and, and nothing against the church, you know what I mean? Nothing at all against the church, but it's just sometimes it can feel nowadays like it's a bit of a business nowadays, you know, and that there are other interests. And um, and sometimes you can hear people speaking and, um, and you're looking in the Bible, where does it say that? You know what I mean? Like, oh, where, where's that part in it? 
you know, and um, or they're going to the parts that aren't important, you it's know. What taking I mean? out of context. Yeah, taking out of context. Um, that's why I tell people always, you know, like my church is in here, you know, and um, even other people, man, when they ask me about the faith and ask about God and all of that, I always tell them, you know what I mean, just pray on it, you know what I mean, read the Bible yourself, and um, if that leads you to going to a church, then that's awesome. If it doesn't, then that's okay too, you know, because when I found my faith again, I never thought I'd walk into a church again to be honest, because, um, you know, I just thought, you know, they're a bunch of hypocrites and all of that sort of stuff, man, you know, but then I realised I'm a bit of a hypocrite myself, you know what I mean, so they can probably fit one more, <laughs> you know, so, um, but, um, yeah, I always tell people, you know, that, um, yeah, just build your own relationship with God and that leads you to a church, then it leads you there, but, um, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Um. When we had Jason study on before, we did um, we asked him some questions on, um, like when he's coaching his his fighters, like what would be the Miyagi way and what would be the Cobra Kai way. And I was thinking, man, we should do something similar with you. And like let's let's say let's um, let's ask you some questions and then you answer the G Fam way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the the also that we see here today, yeah, the G family, the God family note. Like I'm gonna approach you, I'm someone new, um, and I've just met you. And I go, oh, where do you stay? <laughs> oh no, no, wait, that's a stick question. Uh, um, you got some money? <laughs> okay, oh no, I'll tell you my story. Okay, bro, I just you know I got in here doing my I got two year leg. Um, uh, what should I do? <laughs> oh, GFAM. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> so, so, uh, okay, okay. Say that again. So. Okay. Oh man, I've been. I'm sent here. Um, I got no friends. So I've t- I've given you my story. How I end up here. Um. So we're in prison. Oh, we're in prison. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The GFAM way. Yeah. Oh, look, bro, but can we take out that G-Fam part? Okay, got, yeah, sorry. So just say the prison sorry. way. Just the, say the prison, yeah. the prison oh, way. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, bro, if if you had to come up to me while I was in prison and said something like that, oh, bro, <laughs> I, didn't even, I wouldn't even know where to start, bro. Um, bro, to be honest, brother, man, you're... <laughs> Long story short, man, you might end up with, man, yeah. you might end up with no property um, and sent out of the unit quickly. <laughs> like, man, I'm trying to put that for life. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 what are you trying to say? Hey, man, this is you guys, man. That's probably uh, something you've witnessed. This uh, probably, this no, probably no. someone you've witnessed, eh? <laughs> so, Nah, I mean, bro, the reality is, man, I mean, if you come up to someone in prison and said that or come up to me while I was in prison and said that, most likely you'd be losing all your stuff and end up paying rent or something like that, bro, <laughs> if I'm honest, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. How about now? I wouldn't even be in prison. I'm <laughs> like, so I came out and looking and it was like, oh, who's up, man? I, I got sent back here. I got no job. Where do I start? You'll be, you'll be the chaplain. You'll be the chaplain. Uso, can I pray for you? Hey. <laughs> you got this, Uso. You got this. Oh, man. I, I like that guy. Be honest with me. You got this, Uso. Can, now, give me your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Uso. 
Come to my church on Sunday. Here's my bank account number. Start sending your ten percent every Sunday. Our case, man. Our case. So now I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get heaps of comments for this. Why'd you even ask that question? Who's your favorite character on Blood and Blood Out? It's gonna be Miklo. My favorite character on Blood and Blood Out. Yeah, it gotta be Miklo. Gotta be Miklo. Milkweed. Milkweed. Mine was Paco. Yo, it's Papa, eh? What were your influential movies um, growing up? Like when when you're left to your own devices and the ones that influenced you heaps? Oh, bro. Scarface. Scarface. Blood and blood. <laughs> blood and blood out. Um, man, I could probably, bro, I could recite lines from those yeah. movies. I can't anymore though, but I used to be able to. Oh, man. Blood and blood out. Yeah, man. But now blood and blood out definitely was a... Uh, Oh, it was a big one with the whole prison thing. I mean, we used to watch it in prison, you know, you can, yeah. you know, people can get things in prison and stuff like that. We used to always watch Blood and Blood Out and all of that. And, um, yeah, yeah. Like when I look back on the whole, like, um, prison thing even as well, like, um, like with that, you know what I mean? Like with, you know, the realities of prison and all of the politics that go on in, uh, in there and all of that, it's just, um, it's crazy to think back on, you know, for me to think back on and, um, Cause bro, they do some um, like they do some grimy stuff in prison, bro. You know what I mean? And um, you gotta hide things in certain places, and um, you know what I mean? Um, um yeah, nah, 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 yeah, nah, nah, nah. But um, yeah, bro. When I think back on on prison and stuff like that, like, bro, um, I think all up, all up, I served uh, almost seven years. In, in in Australia, um, over half of that I spent in solitary confinement. Um, so in Melbourne, um, pretty much every supermax unit that they got in the state, I've been through all of them. You know, so when I look back, um, like people break in there. You know what I mean? You see people break every day, man. You know what I mean? They crack up. They go cuckoo. Um, and I've had homeboys that have lost their minds in there, you know, and it's, um, man, it's heartbreaking, really, you know, like, um, man, I knew some brothers and Usos and Dokos and that, that, um, were some soldiers, you know, but, um, just from the prison and just from the mind games that they play on you in there, I mean, bro, some of these guys are the guys that you see at the bus stop talking to themselves, you know what I mean? So it's like when you see people who were like, soldiers and just like real solid staunch dudes and then you see them on the other end after the prison and the system and all of that and they're just you know they're just cracked up and they've uh just lost the plot you know it's just um it's inhumane really you know mm. like um, i've seen heaps of studies on it since i've been out about the long-term effects of solitary confinement and what it does to the mind and it exacerbates mental illness and all of this sort of stuff bro like but you see that a lot in prison. You know, you see people um, lose the plot. You see people lose the plot on drugs. You know, like I said, man, people get things in there. 
um, me, myself, man, you know, the whole time I was in prison, I was a drug addict. Um, when I came back here to New Zealand, even though I was released from a maximum security prison, I was a drug addict. So these are like a lot of things that people are dealing with as well. When they come back here, you know, they're coming back here addicted to drugs, um, addicted to medication. Um, I was addicted to medication too. Um, so like I said, you know, when brothers are coming back here, they're really up against it in a lot of ways. Like when people from across the ditch tell me, ask me for advice about coming back here and all of that, I tell them, bro, like the reality is if you're coming back here with no support, it's it's pretty much ice skating uphill, man. You know, there's no other way to put it, man. You know what I mean? Because you can't give them the false hope. You know, you got to tell them like, if you want to change your life around, if you want to switch it up, you're going to have to fight for it. There's absolutely no other way. You know, you're going to have to, um, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's an uphill battle for sure. But yeah, like I said, that's why we're trying to change things up and um, help the brothers out. But like I said, you know, that's my passion, you know, just helping mm. all people, not just returning citizens or not just um, gang members or anything like that. I mean, bro, even when I started the podcast, like, because I started it off just, it was just meant to be for ex-gang members and stuff, you know what I mean? Or current gang members, you know, that's sort of what how the podcast started. But um, as time went on, man, I just started getting all sorts of people reaching out, you know, and um, um, started getting wahine reaching out and asking to, to share their stories and all of that. And um, we spoke about it last time. One of the, one of the most touching interviews I did was... Uh, with a, a lady named Anna, Anaheda Rigby, and her sister was Araki Rigby, who um, tragically was murdered and dismembered in um, Havelock North in Hastings. And, um, man, just to be able to do that, though, you know what I mean, when she reached out, and, um, you know, I never thought that I'd do those sorts of interviews, you know what I mean, but um, it just shows you never really know where it's going to go or who it's going to affect, and... Um, it's 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 honestly like as you guys probably know as well. It's it's a huge privilege, you know what I mean, mm. to be able to share people's testimonies, and it's definitely not something I take lightly. That's awesome. Um, yeah. because you've learnt heaps since you've gone through this journey. Um, what are some advice would you would give to someone that that's that's been sent back and trying to find their feet. Um, yeah. Bro, to be honest, man, I can only really come with that one answer, bro. Yeah, and just it's just fight. to put it in God's hands, yeah. fight. And um, but that's definitely what I tell people, man. Use use the chance to um try something new. And if it's something new, you know, try and put it in God's mm. hands. You know, um, you know, you, you can't lose, you know what I mean? Like, you, what, what could you lose from from doing that you know but um you got everything to gain though you know so that's why i always tell people as well yeah say a prayer man i have a karakia and um and even have a prayer for us you know to be able to to do more you know what i mean and um but it's definitely all happening man um 2024 is definitely going to be a big year um Got a whole bunch of stuff on the go at the moment. Um, don't want to say too much. I don't yeah, know what yeah, I can yeah, say. No, all good, all good, bro. Um, yeah, heaps on the pipeline, bro. Well, yeah, all of a sudden I can share. So um, 
me and um, two of the dokos, um, Simoni and um, Patani, um, two very solid brothers. Um, well, they have started a, a youth organization called um, 182, and so they've put me in management with that. So that's a definite privilege. So we're definitely um, looking forward to helping the Tamariki um, next year, the Rangatahi. So I'm definitely uh, looking forward to working in that space. And um, yeah, I mean, in regards to TFS, man, I mean, um, whatever comes really, you know, uh, whether it be interviews, whether it be vlogs or whatever, I mean, I'll definitely keep that going. Um, yeah. What an what a absolute pleasure. What is it has been, um, Uzo, it's just been a pleasure just listening to your story. And you know, I can just sit here and just listen to your story. And just listen to you, you, the other stories in the in the pathway and the journey that you've you've come through. Oh look, man! Sorry to cut you yeah, off, bro, no, but good, bro. even I'll add, bro. Like, um, even though you know I've been doing all of this with the podcasts and stuff um, for the last two years now, over two years when I started the podcast. Um, but it's it's definitely come with its challenges, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't get that part twisted. Um, you know, I've been walking with the Lord and, you know, I've got my faith, but um, I've definitely had my struggles, man. Um, bro, this year I was struggling with addiction, um, marijuana addiction, um, on and off um, throughout the year. So um, that was something that I had to deal with. Um, not that it ever shook my faith or anything like that, but um, it's just the realities of life, bro. You know what I mean? Um whether we have our faith or not, you know what I mean. Where life's hard, you know what I mean. Life's, life's, life's not easy, man. You gotta, you gotta work hard. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's definitely, um, uh, definitely come with its uh, ch- challenges and trials. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, man, my faith is that rock. You know what I mean. Even if, um, you know, even when I was caught in um, weed addiction this year, I mean, um, I was still going to church. You know what I mean. Still doing the mahi. Still doing all of that. But um, I guess I just, in a sense, um, just need to slow down a bit, I guess. You know, sometimes I can get a bit ahead of myself. And um, But, yeah, that's why I really want to encourage everyone as well, you know what I mean? That's, um, in the Bible it says, uh, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up, you know. So um, that's why I always encourage people, man, you know, like, um, if you slip up, if you fall, um, don't identify with that. You know what I mean? Don't identify with the actions, you know. Just because you fail doesn't make you a failure. You know what I mean? Just because you make a mistake doesn't make you a mistake. You know, for me, it's, um, yeah, I might sin. You know what I mean? We all sin, but I'm not a sinner, though. You know, I'm not a sinner anymore. Um, I've been cleansed, you know, so um, there's no condemnation anymore. You know, so um, again, you know, I just really encourage uh, everyone, you know, it's tough out there, you know, and um, love is definitely the key, man. And um, uh, yeah, like I said, man, I'm all for bringing people together and so we can all do it together, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I said the last time, you know, they say that um, competition happens on the bottom, but everyone at the top is collaborating, you know. So true. Yeah, so I'm I definitely big man, on that. I don't, man. Yeah. It is like, like I said, and yet, like you just mentioned, regardless of the of the hardships and the struggles that we go through, obviously we like Charles was saying, we're human. We're human. We go through our ups and downs. We have our, our good days and, our, and our, our bad days. But bro, what you're doing, and like you said before, you're shedding light. You're shedding light to things that need to be talked about, mm. need to be known, and things that have been people not having been privy to. 
but you're shedding the light, and I love it from from the ex gangsters into the to that to that space from to the crime stories now that people are actually hitting you. Hey, can you can you talk to me? Can you tell me about the story and all, all yeah, that kind of stuff? Oh, it's amazing, man. Like man. it's it's crazy, man. Like I remember at the start, I used to just take anyone, you know what I mean, whoever wanted to be interviewed. Yeah, man, jump on, you know. But um. You know, I wish I could still be like that, you know what I mean? But it's just, you get so many people reaching mm. out. It gets a bit tough sometimes, you know? So to people that do reach out and, you know, if I don't get back to you, you know, my bad. It's just, it's just this is a lot, you know what I mean? Man. And, um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, it's definitely, um, oh, I was going to add something to the to the end of that. Um, what, what, what was your question, sorry? Oh, no, no, just, just, just commenting to the, man, the, the, the work that you're doing, you're shedding light. To a lot of people, obviously, you're saying that people are kind of hitting you up and saying, "Hey, can I can I get you on? Or can I come to to TFS?" Yeah, oh, I was gonna say something there, but I forget now. Um, but yeah, just to, just to continue on from there. Yeah, so um, but yeah, now nah, so a lot of people um reach out nowadays, and so that's been a definite. Oh, I thought I was gonna add something at the end of that, but I forget now. Um, oh, but I will go on to this. Cause I mentioned it last time, um, bro. Like even when I, looking back again, you know, to when I first started the podcast, like I said, man, you know, it was a, it was a tough journey for sure. You know what I mean? Mm. People sort of give you the sideways looks and all of that. But one thing I found, man, in this journey is that you can't be scared of what people think of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't worry about any of that. I know so many people that are just stuck. And they don't want to step out, even though they got the bit mad potential to do stuff. You know, but they just, they're worried about what people think of them, you know? Just like when I used to do the interviews and I used to have that out-of-body experience of me looking at myself like, bro, what are you doing? But I look, I, I pushed that to the side though, you know? Even though that voice was dead set in my ear, I just kept going because why should I be worried about what people think, you know? I've been worried about what people think my whole life, realistically. Mm-hmm. But I mean, nowadays... You know, I, I look at it that you really just got to, the Bible says that um, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, you know. So um, uh, another guy that I interviewed, Georgie, he he mentioned that part that sometimes it's just weighing up that fear of man and that fear of God and, mm. um, you know what I mean, just weighing that up. And um, But like I said, man, when you, when you try new things, you get new outcomes, you know. Mm. You get stuck in doing the same old things, you're just... It's, it's, you know, never come to anything. And um, oh, I was just going to add a bit to that. Um, um, oh, yeah. Because w- when I started the podcast, oh, man, it's going in and out now. So good, Um Nah, it's coming. It's coming. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, when I, in the podcast started that, started in that, I used to get sideways looks in that. But the thing is, you know, when you really stick to your guns and you, and you stick to what you say you're going to do, in the end, people can't help but respect that, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of those guys, they were a bit iffy at the start. They're like my biggest supporters yeah, now, fa- yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, you know, a lot of, um, of my old homeboys in that, you know, have reached out and they're just like, bro, good on you. You know what I mean, and um, but that's that respect that comes from just when you just stick at it. You know what I mean. Whatever you do in life, you know you might have all the haters in the beginning, but if you stick to it, 
that you know what I mean whether they love or hate you might not change but they'll respect you yeah. you know so that's definitely something that I've found that's why always stick to your guns that's you know good, man. don't don't give up keep keep trucking yeah man. I love that because um you know all uh the ones that we come up with and they might see your transformation from afar and at first it was like oh who's this guy and you know but really even though they're critiquing it and probably hating on it really they really want to see you stick at it because they want to go man if you can actually change and there's hope for me 100% yeah. bro yeah yeah perfect yeah. I remember I was going through my transformation in the earth like years ago but I was one of the um, you know when you're really zealous you're always like preaching to everyone <laughs> yeah. I remember every Facebook we status we all go through man, that stage we yeah, all go, every we all Facebook go. status was like man and you know I, 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 I'm I'm in, every time I get the Facebook memory I'm like man I was so zealous I wish I was like that again but I just remember you know you don't get much likes and people will probably give you the side eye but like years after when I catch up with some of the the brothers they would like pull me to the side and go man also you know I was going through the darkest times during that time but um, I would follow you and that one message, man, it helped me. And mm. I was going, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, man, you guys never said anything when <laughs> yeah. I was going through this. And you, sometimes you feel alone, but, you know. You never you never know whose life yeah. you're affecting. Yeah. You know, Even, I always tell that to people that I interview as well. I always tell them, bro, you're never really going to know. You might see the comments and on the likes and stuff like that, but you're never yeah. really going to know who you've actually touched. You know, and um, but that's why it's just such a, it's such a privilege you know to be to be able to be in that position especially for me bro because like like i said man you know i'm a believer you know i follow jesus and all of that but i don't consider myself too religious you know i mean i'm even with the show man you know i interview i interview anyone bro you know what i mean it doesn't have to be christian doesn't yeah you know what i mean everyone's got a story you know, I mean, um, bro, some people have even judged me for that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you interview people that aren't Christian? Of course, man. You know, why wouldn't I? You know, like, so, um, yeah, it's it's definitely been, uh, it's been a cool evangelizing tool, to be honest, you know, because, um, yeah, I'm just in a position where people are always asking about God and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it brings a tear to my eye, to be honest, man. I mean, I've had... Uh, mothers reach out you know um oh man i've had so many people reach out it's it's i never would have thought man like i had i've had the minister of justice reach out um wanting to jump on a zoom asking for my advice on things um got to go to switzerland man um got to go sit down with judges and all of these different people and um man it's just i never ever in a million years thought you know when I started the podcast, bro, I never thought that people would eventually recognize me. Never in a million years would I thought that that was ever going to happen. But, um, man, glory to God, you know, it's just, it's humbling for me for sure. The whole thing's just super humbling and, um, yeah, just super grateful, man. Blessed. It's awesome, awesome. Jeez, man, I feel glad. <laughs> like, we could just sit here in silence and just pray, man. Cause yeah. <laughs> it, feels, it feels like it. It just feels so appropriate, um, David, because what you shared tonight is just, oh, bro, it is. It's a, you know, it's, you know you, sometimes it's quite rare to kind of sit with people, you, you listen to their story, their journey, and the progression, and all that. You think to yourself, man, that's, that would be a cool movie, you know? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool movie, kind of, kind of, yeah. I don't know who's some directors out the there, P- but P.I. Miklo. He's a spider. He's a spider. He's a spider. Lato. The Vato Cocos. The Vato Cocos. The VC. VC. The VC, man. Vato's Coco, bro. What a crack up. But it is. It is, bro. Obviously, what you're doing is, is, is amazing. You're hitting a lot of people. I love what you said. You, know, you, you never know. You never know how many people you've reached and how many people mm-hmm. you've, you've helped along the way. And it sounds like even right now, as, as we speak, there's a lot of people who are coming, reaching out to you, saying, hey, thank you so much. All the things that you're doing and the doors that have opened. You see yourself, never in a thousand years, never in a million years would I ever imagine me be do, doing this. But it seems like that God has kind of really got his hand on you and, and the doors that have opened and the opportunities that have opened has helped many people. And you, you never know. But bro, blessings to you, man. Blessings to your heart out, bro. Because the work and the, and the faith and the effort to, to, to do this is not easy. And you, you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're spitting out and you're, you're researching, you're doing, you're doing it your way and, 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 and you enjoy it. It's a passion. Bro, it's, 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 uh, it's amazing. Amazing journey. And we look forward to... Well, to what's what God is going to do, and what's what's in store for for the future, and so TFS man, it might be global, it could be international man, yeah, international 100%, man. man. You know, we'll do it together, boys. We'll do it. We'll get there together. Yeah. I mean, um, hey, bro, big love for what you guys are doing as well, man. You know what I mean? Um, big respect. Um, yeah, I mean, um, definitely looking forward to you know working together with you guys in the future. You know, whatever that looks like. But I can definitely see us doing stuff, more stuff oh, together, bro. man. So um, yeah, definitely the beginning of something great. Yeah, can we do the coat busters? Eh? We... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trans day. What's the trans day? We get cancelled straight away. Yeah, we got that. Man, I'm honored also to meet you. I think this just the beginning of something great um the thing i love about you is that um you know people that we can easily take a lot of this attention and a lot of all these compliments and this new you know this new season they it's easy to be overwhelmed by and go yeah just me this is what i've done but the thing i love about you and just speaking to you is that you've deflected it straight away like all glory to god like it's not about you um, it's the mandate that's being put on you in terms of like God's calling and purpose and and just your heart for um, the ones that are going through the system and you know they're already set up um, at the back of the the, the race and 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 um, you doing the work you're doing almost gives them hope and it's, it will be hard. And the thing that is awesome for people like us, like with a platform, to remind our people that, yeah, life is hard, but our people, our ancestors are fighters. Like, um, we navigated the Pacific Oceans and found um, islands and, mm-hmm. and we're, you know, and, and so we're, we're um, navigators and, and um yeah warriors and sometimes the system is in place to um disable us from being 
that type of people. But I love what you're doing is empowering our people. Mm. Man, crap is mm. hard, but you just got to fight. Yeah. And we can do this. And especially um, with our faith and being believers, like, man, God can really open doors. And um, I'm encouraged to see um, you continue to push through. Because, um, you know, um, God's obviously taking you through fire to turn your world into steel. And she's preparing you for the next and whatever the next challenges is gonna come with those challenges. But um you're got this armor on you that's gonna keep on getting stronger and stronger and you're building up ne- networks that can um, be of support and um just made love to the work that you do also. Um, you know, you got brothers over here that are cheering you on and also like um open doors to um continue to um, collaborate and yeah. share for war sure. stories and <laughs> support each other and yeah just yeah. want to champion you also no thank you so i mean even just to, to add to that bro like um you know when i look back on um because i might go a little bit backwards here i might okay. go a little bit backwards so um you know like i said you know i took a lot of pain to um to get to this this point um where i'm at now I mean, um, bro, a big changing point for me as well was um, before I got deported, um, about 18 months uh, before I got deported, uh, when I was in prison, I was going through a whole bunch of battles, you know what I mean? Um, Nothing to do with prison, though, it was all in my own personal life, and um, without going too much into that, but um, ended up with a broken heart, and, um, you know, that was all new to me. You know, when I was um, sitting in prison and when you're sitting in prison, there's like nothing that you can do and everything's on the outside. And um, that ended up um, putting me into this uh, real deep depression, bro, to the point where um, like I didn't think I was going to make it out of there. You know, I thought I was going to neck myself, you know. Um, I mean, I I was um, I just isolated myself, bro. I stopped hanging with the boys you know, and um, started just going to my cell all of the time. I mean, people were tripping, bro, you know what I mean? They were like, bro, what's going on with the bro Dave? And this and then, it was just like, it's just something I couldn't even talk about, bro. Because that's the thing in prison as well, man. You know, it's um, very hard to talk about those uh, deep and meaningful things, you know, especially if the guy you're talking to is doing, you know, 20 years. I mean, well, you don't want to, you know what I mean, unload to him. He's got his own problems that he's worrying about, you know. So um, it got to the point, bro, where I went through a massive depression. I mean, I've, I've been in the cell, bro. Um, you know, had the rope tied up with plastic bags, bro. Um, putting it around my neck, applying the pressure, um, you know, trying to work up the courage to, to kill myself, you know, in that cell. And, and I just, it's a miracle that I'm still here, bro, you know, and... um. I mean, when I look on, um, when I look back on those nights, man, where where I wanted to end it all, now looking back, I can see that God was there that whole time. You know what I mean? And He was He was watching me, and um, He always just gave me just enough strength to get through. You know, and now looking back, I can see that that whole time God was with me, and He was telling me, "Hey, look, I love you. You know, you're my child. I love you with all my heart. But if you want to serve me," then this is what you're going to have to go through. You know, you're going to have to feel the flames so you know that you don't ever want to touch those flames or get anywhere near that ever again, you know. And um, 
that's what happened to me because the truth is that when God really wants to use you in a mighty way, he has to break you first. You know, he has to break you down and get rid of the old you to become that new creation, you know. So um, I definitely felt those flames when I was um, in prison. That's why by the time I got deported and I came back here, um, even though I was lost, I was broken and all of that, I knew that I didn't want to go back to prison when I came back here because I, I wouldn't make it out this time. You know what I mean? I just didn't have that strength anymore. You know, I was just... I was fighting, every day was a fight to stay alive, bro, you know, so um, that was why when I came back here, I didn't go back to prison, um, I didn't patch up, you know what I mean, didn't do any of that, had all the offers too, but I just, I didn't want to go back to prison, you know, I just couldn't do it, so like I said, you know, started self-medicating with the meth and the weed and all of that, and um, went through all the panic attacks and all the anxiety attacks and all of that, but um. Yeah, it was because I went through that at the end of my prison sentence of why I didn't want to go back to prison. So, yeah. Far out. That you should be doing a movie on you also. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank yeah, you for sharing that, man. that, man. Thank you for sharing that, man. Just, and just to kind of, yeah. Because yeah. it's, I'm just imagining the amount of brothers and sisters that who are going through the same thing, you know? Bro, hard out. And, hard and out. Our, prisons is, our prisons are filled with our people. Packed, bro. The, the prisons at the moment are just chockers, man. You know, um, and the sad reality is, man, they're just packed with people who haven't been able to unpack their traumas, you know? They've never been able to talk to anyone and, um, you know... Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, but that's why I'm definitely all about, you know, it's not weak to speak, you know what I mean? Normalizing, talking about all of the stuff. Because to be honest, bro, the reason why I have so, com so much compassion nowadays was because when I was in that world, I had none, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I could care less about, um, what this bloke's been through. You know what I mean? Like I was real ignorant, bro, to, to that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? I just, you know, bro, even like with people mention like sexual abuse type stuff, I was like real ignorant because I was never, because the thing is nowadays I'm real big advocate of, um, you know, bringing to light sexual abuse and um, men talking about that sort of stuff. Even though myself, I never actually went through that, bro. But because I was so ignorant, you know what I mean? Even when I was in that life, if I heard, you know, someone's gone through something like that, I used to be like, pfft. You know, hard enough, bro. You know what I mean? Like that sort of a attitude. Yeah. And it's an attitude a lot of people still have, you know, especially in prison. And um man, I knew guys that used to have that reaction to sort of sexual abuse type stuff. And, you know, most likely they had been through abuse themselves, you know what I mean? So it's like this don't it was this real don't talk about it, you know, if anyone does talk about it, then sort of just be like, Hey, like that's why I'm really big in raising awareness and why you know what i mean why are yeah. people like this and what is it actually like to go through all of that stuff and you know that's why i'm real big on all of that so i think that's where i get a lot of my compassion for nowadays because i just look back and i'm just like oh man that was you know it wasn't nice not having that compassion for people yeah what a what a vicious cycle yeah i'm david and it's cool that tfs is obviously 
like I said before, shedding the light, but also giving the, these men the opportunity to kind of to voice, mm. yeah, to be the voice. Yeah, you, you, to you voice just you see the yeah. weight drop, man. Yeah. Sometimes you know what I mean. You see the weight just drop off them as they're talking, and um, I mean, like I said, bro, like with a lot of these ex gang members that I've interviewed and stuff like that, a lot of them would have never even done anything like that of the sort, you know. So um, to be able to 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 do that for people and um, to see that weight just fall off them and because especially when you're speaking those words because now you got to live it you know what I mean it was like me like when I in those early stages of when I was getting interviewed and stuff like that I still sort of had my foot in both camps you know what I mean I was still sort of um, you know um, one one foot in the crime world and one foot in this world but um, as as I time went on and I was saying all of these things I was like man I, I can't be a crap talker you know what I mean like I actually got to follow through on all of this because you know when you've got any sorts of numbers of followers like that does come with a responsibility you know I, I believe that um yeah you know you just gotta really walk the talk you know and um because I was saying last time there's some people that you know, they post up on social media that they're living a certain way and this and that, and then you might meet them in real life and they're not doing any of those things. So I was like, I don't want to be one of those dudes, you know, so, yeah. Well done, bro. Well done. It is, it is, um, oh, and you, you mentioned something very important. We have a responsibility, we're accountable to, you know, to those who watch and, and, and listen to, to the podcast. And so what you've done, bro, is, is like you said, you these men that come and talk, these ex-gangsters come and talk and, Kind of the fuckama is kind of you know, having these courageous conversations has helped these men, like you said in the beginning, you know, the healing for them, but also healing for yourself. And so, bro, this it's so helpful, very helpful for what TFS is doing and what you're doing, bro. And so, bro, maru, maru, love also. Big props to you, man. Mad, mad love, mad love to the work that you do. Sorry, one last question. What is your hope also for our people? Or the people that you want to reach? In my spiritual walk, in my faith-based walk, I feel that our people are under some form of oppression. You know, maybe from mistakes that our ancestors made, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, in the Bible, we believe in this sort of stuff like generational curses and so, and, and that sort of stuff. You know, and the thing is, when you're coming back from Australia to New Zealand and you see the suicide rate, you see the infant side rate, it's almost like there is a curse, you know, because it's crazy high in this country, man. It's insanely high. Like the gun crime, the number of gangs, everything. Like for a population of 5 million people, that's a city in Australia. That's not, that's not even the size of Melbourne. So for a size of this to have so much of this negative um, stuff going on, to me, it almost feels like a, a curse, you know what I mean? So um, definitely what I want to see for us, for our people is us breaking those curses, breaking those generational curses and letting it end with us, you know, so that, um, yeah, we can, um, you know, change it up here in Aotearoa. But, um, yeah, I just definitely want to see our people networking a lot more and striving, you know what I mean? Don't settle for being a labourer, you know what I mean? Don't do not do anything that you don't want to do, you know what I mean? If you're not happy at your work, I know it's hard, but leave, you know what I mean? Like, if you're able to, you know what I mean? Make those sacrifices. Like, when I, 
uh, first got into all of this, I made heaps of sacrifices. You know what I mean? Sacrificed the late nights and sacrificed the alcohol. Well, not sacrificed. I gladly gave all of that up. But, you know, when you have a goal, the thing is, if you want something, you'll get it. If you didn't get it, then you got to ask yourself, did you really want it? Did you really want it or were you comfortable where you're at? You know, don't 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 settle for being the labourer. I find that is a problem here in New Zealand as well. You know, people settling for the the factory job and the the labourer. You know what I mean? Go for the small business owner at least. You know what I mean? Start your own thing. You know, and get your own thing going. Like that's the direction our people need to be going. Like entrepreneurship. You know, just don't settle. You know what I mean? Always be trying to get better. You know, get involved in business, whatever that is. Um, yeah, I'm definitely big on that. You know, just um yeah, don't settle, just keep 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 trying, keep getting better, keep leveling up and um do something you love, you know, do something you love. Man, well said. Oosh. Well said, hey Uzo, man, it's just it has been has been once again, um David's just a got a great quarter co- It's just been uh, real powerful. And also it seems it hasn't uh, all right, it hasn't seemed like a like a quarter. It just seems like more of a, more of a testimony. It's just been really good in terms of you sharing it. It has been very very powerful, very powerful, bro. But but also what comes to mind is we're very proud, very proud of what you do, bro. And I think one thing that's really stood out because there's so many nuggets. One thing that that's really stood out for me tonight is that not once did you uh, obviously the system is, is broken and there needs a lot of fixing and and there needs something to be to change. But not once did you say you know what it's just the bloody system's fault. I'm gonna do this and that. You never said you're a victim of anything. Yeah, no, hundred percent, bro. Like, yeah, that's definitely something, man. Like, another piece of advice: like, never fall into that victim mentality. You know what I mean? Just like, uh, don't don't do it to yourself. You know what I mean? Every man has to take responsibility. You know, I know a lot of us have been through things and and as a child and and in the youth and things like that. And um, but once you become an adult, you can't you can't use those excuses anymore you know like when i when i look at people who are still involved in that life who are still in the criminal life and all of that i got a lot of love for them because i came from that life you know i got got a lot of love um got a lot of aroha for them and um you know i resonate with them because i came from that life but the thing i don't resonate the thing i don't resonate with anymore is people who make excuses for why they're in the positions that they're in. You know, that's the thing I don't resonate with anymore because I was one of those people that made those excuses. But um, like Brown Butterbean, you know, no excuses, no yeah, excuses. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, like um, you just got to get up and, and, and get out there, you know, do the mahi, get, get the treats. treats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no mahi, no nothing. So. Yeah, man, that's awesome, bro. Also, man, every one that comes on the, on, uh, on the podcast, we always give them a... Uh, uh, caricature or a gift, and so uh, we want to do one for you as well. Also, also a box of chocolates as well, my brother. So, on behalf of the mandate team, this is for you, my my. my also. Oh, what? Man, also mandate for real. <laughs> looks just like. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Hey, inside joke is an inside joke. You'll see the editing skills up there. Yeah, you'll see the editing skills. Bro, man. All you do is think, oh, what, what an actor. <laughs> hey, I would have ran with a tip to the laugh. I would have kept going, bro. I could help him out, man. That's too funny, bro. Oh, man. Um, oh, dude. Um, I don't know. This podcast feels a bit different in terms of... It just feels different. And if you know, you know. And I feel like... I don't like... We've never done this probably once publicly just to open up a session. And it's been recorded, but... We can do this off air, but I feel like whoever's watching in, there's gonna be one of those, um, those episodes where it's the right time for the right person. And I always, every time we're interviewing, I always think about who's watching. Like it could be anyone, and you never know the impact. And I just feel like if it's okay with um, Pete, if we could just. Have a little karakia for um, just for what we've spoken about and whoever's listening. Amen. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably oh, open man, up yeah. and then whoever wants to end it, then. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just for the love of whoever's listening in, we just want you to know that, man, you are loved and that. Your circumstances doesn't define your path or your your future. Um, that um, whatever your whatever you've done, um, man, it, it doesn't define you. Um, and that God can make a change, and that God's grace can really lead you and guide you. And so, I just want whoever's listening in, whatever journey you're on, that. Um, our God is a God of healing, God of grace, and a God of forgiveness. And that all your past stuff is is um, hung on the cross. And all you got to do is just make a decision. And just want to reach out to anyone going through anything. Don't have to be an ex gang member or um, just whatever journey you're on. Just and if you come across this at some point, just know that this is um, being prayed in love. Yeah, 100%. Well, bro, before we get into that, can I just um, add to that as well? That, um, yeah, like to anyone watching and that first, yeah, and, you know, big love to all my supporters, you know, all the TFS gang family. Mm. Um, big love to you all, you know, a lot of the things that I've been able to do or wouldn't be without people watching, you know, so definitely uh, big love to everyone watching. Um, I just wanted to add as well, you know, to those people that are struggling or who are uh, in a difficult space. Well, first of all, reach out, you know what I mean? Reach out to the brothers here. Reach out to me. It's TFS Podcast um, on YouTube, um, TFS Podcast on Facebook, you can Instagram. You can message me on there. Um, I'm always here um, and I'm always keen, you know what I mean? So definitely reach out. Um, um, but I just wanted to end as well, you know, for me. Sometimes I had to ask myself, like, who am I, you know? And I really encourage the people watching to really ask yourself that, like, who am I? Who are you? Because a lot of us are struggling to find our identity. You know, a lot of people are looking to the gangs, they're looking to the culture, to looking to all of these different things to try and find their identity because there's the, a missing piece. But for me... It was 
Because what happens then as well is that people can start identifying with their actions, which mm. is what I was saying before. So people can commit a sin and then start thinking that they're a sinner or they make a mistake and now they think that they're a mistake themselves. They, they fail at something, so they start calling themselves a failure. And that's because they're struggling with their identity. You know what I mean? They don't know who they really are. So now they're starting to identify with the mistakes they make and all of that. But that's not really who you are, though. So I just, I always encourage, I just want to encourage you, you know, really ask yourself that, who am I? Because it's not your nationality. It's not your name. It's not any of those things. It's quite complex. But the reality is we're all searching for that identity, which is in God. You know? We're all children of God. And that's why a lot of people are struggling out there with their identity, with all of those things, because they don't know who they are. When God created us, he created a space in us that only he could fill. So when you don't know God, when you don't know Christ, you're walking around and that hole's empty. And you're looking for things to fill it up. But like I said before, you know, take that chance. You know, take that risk. I always tell people, they come up, they message me with all their problems and things like that. It's the same answer every single time. Pray on it, you know. Pray to God. I promise you that he will not fail you. He might not answer your prayers the way that you think he's going to answer it. And a lot of time, there's going to be a lot of pain involved. Um, there was a time in prison where I did cry out. And I remember this now, that I did cry out to the Lord. And I... I asked him to save me from all of this. And when I look back now, that was when my personal life and all of the stuff started going downhill because that was all part of it, you know? Like I said, when I was in those dark moments in that cell where I wanted to kill myself, God was there telling me, look, I love you and you are going to serve me and you are a child of mine, but this is what you're going to have to go through. You're going to have to go through all of this pain. So always keep that in mind, you know, that um, God might not answer your prayers the way that you think he is, but um, he'll, he'll be there for you. So you just got to ask. You just got to reach out. Is that us? Sure, brother. Okay, let us pray. Uh, Father, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We thank you for this time and the space that um, you've allowed us to... Um, Share the testimony of our brother, Lord. You've turned this mess into a message, Lord, and you've mm -hmm. taken him through some fires to really prepare him for this new season, Lord. And as he continues to um, step out in faith, that you'll order his steps, Lord Father, that you'll continue to grow his um, his platform to um, allow to reach out to those um, who need your message, Lord. And for whoever, whoever's listening in on this podcast or this episode, Lord Father, we just pray, Lord, that your um, your word and your message will go forth and not return void. Mm -hmm. That will find good soil, Lord Father, and that will pierce through the hearts that need to um, hear this message, that they are loved, Lord, that um, our brothers and our sisters, regardless of um, where they're at, Lord, and especially those who are um, incarcerated, Lord, that they would know, Lord, that they are loved, that even they, um, that you came um, to um, to save them, Lord, that they would come to know you and that they, um, that they are a child of God and um, that you know their name and that mm -hmm. um, 
and that you would um, that your purpose and your plans for their lives um, is for good and not for evil. So, Lord, we just pray um, for those who are working with um, the voiceless, Lord, that you'll continue to give them um, your compassion, that they would not be ignorant to um, the stories and the realities uh, of those who are um, come from similar backgrounds, Lord, that you would give them the wisdom, the heart to really serve our people, that you will give them the intent to be signposts to um, point them back to you, Lord. And we just pray for the system that um, that you will bring the change that needs to be changed, uh, that needs to be changed, Lord, and that you'll give the courage for those who are fighting um, to continue to be the voice for the voiceless lord and we just pray lord for healing we pray against um, the oppression and those who are uh, feeling low and uh, feeling like there's no hope lord that you'll just fill the space and we just pray for our brother that you continue to um, do amazing work in and through him lord and bring the right people that need to be around them and that um, you'll continue just to um, yeah bring in the people um, to hear the message and that would um, continue to um, bring in the right people, Lord. So we thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' name. Yes, dear Heavenly Father, I just uh, thank you again for this divine appointment, Lord. And, um, you know, as we come to the end here, Lord, I just say a special prayer of blessing over all of those who are watching, over all of those who can hear my voice right now, Lord. I just ask that you use my voice to carry the Spirit um, through all of this technology and into the ears of all of those who are listening, Lord. I just say a special prayer prayer of blessing over the uh, mandate podcast lord and over this interview that we've done lord that it will pierce the minds and the hearts and the souls of all of those who watch and that um it'll all be for your glory lord in jesus name we pray amen amen, amen. you that's beautiful man beautiful father just father just yeah father thank you once again Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your, your love. But more so, Father, we thank you for your son, the Hamashiach. Father, we just pray you that you continue to bless. Bless our brother here, David. Bless Charles. Bless Brad. Bless the, the, the whole yeah. team that are, mm. are here. Yeah. But we just we pray, team. Father, that you just continue. Help us to continue to walk worthy of the calling you have for us. Father, open up doors, open up doors of opportunities. But also, Father, we just pray. Pray just for healing of our nation. Mm. Pray for true healing. Pray for true transformation. Pray for true uh, a yearning for for you and for uh, your your understanding and wisdom, but also a spiritual awakening in, on this nation. Uh, even regardless of the situations and the hardships, that even in the midst of adversity, Father, you would show show up, Father. You would show and, and, and reign supreme in our lives. And so we thank you once again. We ask this in your name. But in the name of Yahuwah, we pray. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you so much, brothers. Man, brother, thank you. Thank you. 100%. That was, no, that was powerful, um, David. Uh, suit your name, brother. <laughs> you, you said uh, you mentioned something about heart your, your heart was broken you are definitely a, uh, a man after God's own heart bro 
That's awesome, bro. Oh, bro, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, that. that a good I love the seven. I think we talked about last time seven, seven years, bro. Seven is the number Ooh. of the, the number of, of Yahuwah, the number of God, the number of completion, the number of perfection, bro. bro. Yeah. Hey, oh man, I, yeah. I'll just add this bit as well. I forgot to talk about how it came up. So, so yeah. So the show was originally called the Felon Show, but um, how I got that name was um in jail and that like in the in the solitary confinement and that if you're there long enough you can get a tv and all of that and um like even though it's like super max and solitary confinement like we can speak through the vents and stuff like that so we always used to watch um we always used to watch uh alan the alan show uh was on always on at lunchtime but we always used to have code words for everything you know what i mean so we used to call the alan show felon like just as a muck around joke between the boys, like, oh, did you watch Felon? What's the go with Felon? And um, when I got out and I was thinking of what's the name of the show, I was like, the Felon Show. And then that's <laughs> that's how all of that came about. But I always loved that name, eh? But yeah, the reason I changed it was I just felt a bit um, convicted, to be honest, because like I said, the, the, po- the podcast started off, I was interviewing, you know, mainly ex-gang members and mainly felons and stuff like that. But yeah, just as the show progressed, it just um, I just started getting all sorts of different people um, reaching out to share their stories, and so um, yeah, it was just uh, a couple of months ago, I think it was now. I sort of was like, well, you know, I sort of wanted to honour the people that who don't have a history, you know what I mean, that hadn't been to prison or anything like that, you know. So um, I thought oh, I'll change the name up, you know, and um, for their sake, you know, because they're not felons or anything like that. So that's how I came up with the fresh start. So it was still TFS though, like the felons showed the fresh start, and um, I want to talk about the King Dave part as well because um, I used to introduce myself as King Dave. And why is why why I used to do that was because it was always like this um divine thing for me because my name's David, but my last name is um Obita or Obita. But how I got that last name was because um that was my grandfather's first name. So um my grandfather in the Cook Islands, his name was um um Obita. But um Obita is in the Bible. So but in the in the Bible is pronounced Obed, but in the Cook Island we pronounce it with the A on the end. But Obed in the Bible was King David's grandfather. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so my my grandfather's Obed, yeah, name was yeah, um yeah, Obed yeah, as yeah. well. So then that's it and then as well my um Amuru name is Tedapai and that means fisherman. So I was always thinking like um that's when I just thought King Dave. I call myself King Dave. But then I humbled myself and then I just started calling myself Dave because people were coming up to me calling me King Dave and it was awkward. I was like, I oh, just call me Dave, bro. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Obed, yeah, you're right, man. 100% wow. Obed. What a cool Ruth, fishes of Ruth, men. Yeah. Fishes of men, brother. Wow. Yeah. Sheesh. My man. Oh, we've got to do part two, three, four, five. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep on using that frame. <laughs> I bought the same clothes as I did hey, last time as well. Hey, yeah, yeah. No, no, I noticed that. Good one, bro. Yes. That was good, bro. What a, what a cool corridor, man. No, I'm glad we ended up being able to do it again anyway because the only thing in, bro, I was sweating that last time. Oh, yeah. Hey. And it was a bit glisteny. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was a Shekinah glory, but the Shekinah glory. 
，唔系兴女，唔系兴女。哦咩？其实我其实我哋都不知道，给你送咩？给你送雪糕嚟嘅。Oh man, too much, bro. Yeah,、oh, nah, too man, much, bro. Stuff, bro. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Now,、nah, thank you, boys. No,、nah, oh, man, Thanks, thank、bro. you, Thanks, man. Charlie, bye bye. Oh, who's you to the end of? Did you already cut the tape? Oh, oh, last three statements. Oh, sorry, man. Sorry, sorry. We were just something, man, bro. Just one of those. We've been waiting for <laughs> you to wrap it up the last. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I was just inspired with Shikana. It's like, where is he going to finish up for? Forgot all the camera sleeping. We're ready for you to get Charles and. Yeah, but I forget about the camera. Obviously, but it's just having a nice corner. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. That's how good it was, man. But yeah, man. Hey, yeah, because we, I guess we just got to wrap it up. Please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Look forward to your thought out comments. And so, as usual, also. Refine, unlock, and take charge. Amen. Amen. Mandate.